Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Primate Cast. Let me start out by saying I am sorry that we've had such a long delay between podcasts. In the meantime, Dr. Chris Martin has actually left the Primate Research Institute in Japan uh, to move on to a postdoc at Indianapolis Zoo, where he's working uh, now with orangutans. And that means that I'm here all by myself, or I was, until this happened. We've brought on a summer intern, so I'm sitting here now with Miss Sobe Bernstein. Hello. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Great. Well, it's nice to have you here. And so you are a doctoral student here at the Primate Research Institute. Can you tell us a bit about what you're doing? Sure. Yeah, this is my first year of my doctoral program. I am lucky enough to be able to work with one of the leading researchers for vocalizations in non-human primates, Dr. Masataka, in the cognition and learning section of PRI. And I will be studying a species I've been looking at before in Mount Wangshan, China, Tibetan macaques. And my, the topic of my uh, doctoral research is the vocal repertoire of Tibetan macaques. And if I'm not mistaken, you did a little bit of podcast listening before you came to Japan, didn't you? I did. When I found out about the SciCast program, I saw the podcasts that were listed and I thought, what a brilliant idea. There are so many international researchers that come and go through PRI. And I thought that it was just such a great opportunity for all the listeners to be able to see how many people come and go through here. And I was actually really inspired by that. And I wanted to be a part of the podcast so I would get to meet these incredible people and actually get to know them one-on-one because you hear about them and you read all these papers, but then putting the face with the papers, it's just, it's so cool. Yeah. And on that note, just as a bit of promo for upcoming podcasts here, uh, this coming weekend, we actually have the Japan Society for Animal Psychology annual conference happening in Inuyama, uh, very near the PRI. And we're going to be able to go there on location and do some interviews with some of the invited speakers. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. There are definitely a lot of people coming from a bunch of different backgrounds. I really want to get a chance to talk to you. Yeah, and it's not just uh, primatology stuff. That I mean, ultimately, this is a conference on comparative psychology. So one of the main interests is, is learning a little bit about what makes humans human. Um, from a cognition standpoint. And so there's all kinds of studies from ranging from elephants to rats, of course, monkeys, uh, and other things as well. Yeah, and it's actually the first uh, meeting that's going to be conducted entirely in English. Yeah, so this will be a great chance for us to chat with people and hopefully share some interesting stories with you. So look for that uh, in the near future. So before I get too ahead of myself, I, I do want to say that we're planning to get an interview with Chris uh, in the next little while here. So on an upcoming podcast, you will hear more about uh, what he managed to do here, what he's doing now, and uh, prospects for us getting back together on the Primate Cast. But in the meantime, we've got Sophie here, and we're going to start basically this summer by going through a few archived podcasts that uh, Chris and I managed to rack up and just haven't had the opportunity to provide yet. And so that was a perfect venue, I think, for us to bring on Sophie. And hopefully she'll be able to enrich uh, this experience for everybody here. So the first um, archived interview that we want to present to you here today is by Dr. Miho Inoue Murayama, who's a professor at the Wildlife Research Center of Kyoto University. And uh, so she, her main research topics kind of center around behavioral genomics. And she's doing a couple of cool things at WRC, like one, building the DNA Zoo. So Sophie, can you tell us a bit about the DNA Zoo? Sure. Yeah, the DNA Zoo is incredible, an incredible bank of all of these samples collected from over 23,000 individuals of, I think, about 200 different species. And not only do the samples exist there within the bank and are available to researchers, but 
For each sample, they have data on the geographic location of where the sample was collected and also uh, different characteristics of the individual. Yeah, it sounds like a really cool project. I don't think she's going to get into it um, during the interview here, but she does talk about some of her other ongoing projects, which are quite elaborate and extensive and involve many, many researchers around the world. But in addition to Miho, we're also going to hear from a couple of her international students just to hear what, what they are getting up to and how she's been involved in these various projects around the world. So maybe we should just get right into it. Yeah, let's get started. Here we go with Dr. Miho Inoue Murayama talking about her research. My research interest is to survey the diversity of within and between species, genetic diversity. Especially I'm interested in the genes relating the behavior trait or personality. Okay. And also, uh, we are collaborating with many uh, researchers, uh, uh, field workers, mm-hmm. uh, survey, uh, uh, who want to know the uh, diversity mm-hmm. uh, of uh, endangered animals. Mm-hmm. So Miho, we're here actually well aware that you are in uh, quite high demand from field workers around the world, and uh, even those with SciCasp. Can you talk a little bit about some of the projects you're involved in? So uh, now I'm uh, collaborating with uh, uh, in, involved in the uh, project of uh, conservation of uh, golden eagle okay. uh, in the uh, northern area of Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the about uh, the population is estimated to about uh, six hundred in Japan, mm-hmm. so they are endangered. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, my 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 colleague collect uh, the samples, uh, feathers or uh, fishes mm-hmm. or uh, egg shell okay. um, from their nest, yeah. and uh, I extract DNA and uh, survey the diversity of microsatellite or mitochondria. Okay, now is is that a cliff um, living species, the golden yes, eagle? Yes. So is it? Quite difficult for them then to yeah. send. <laughs> how, how did they get? <laughs> yeah, people uh, climb. Climbing up the cliff. Mm. That sounds like a fun job. That's mm. right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. And also, uh, I'm collaborating with many zoos and aquariums. And, uh, and we, uh, for example, uh, uh, I asked the zoo to collect the, uh, the hair or fish samples mm. of uh, lesser panda. Okay. Mm, mm, to, to survey the, mm, their mm, <coughs> behavior trait uh, by questionnaire mm-hmm. and also uh, to be uh, to genotype mm-hmm. and compare the, uh, compare the data and to find the genes uh, uh, relating the, their personality. Mm-hmm. So is that project mm. just within species or also between species? Uh, both. Okay. Mm. And how do you compare personality across species? Are there similar measures? Yeah. Uh, my, uh, I'm collaborating with a uh, uh, group in Edinburgh University in UK. And they developed a personality questionnaire for uh, primates mm-hmm. and, uh, based on uh, 54 question, mm-hmm. questions. 
using the same questions, uh, we ask the evaluation to mm -hmm. the zoo staff of chimpanzee, gorilla, and uh, the gibbon, and the Japanese monkeys. Mm -hmm. and, uh, they uh, compare the, um, their scores, mm -hmm. so between species and within species. Mm -hmm. the, um, for Within species, um, uh, there is an individual difference of uh, stress susceptibility and, uh, uh, or uh, some um, relationship between individuals in the group, mm -hmm. uh, depending on their own personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we know the, their personality more uh, exactly, precisely, uh, not only observation, but also uh, genetic data, mm -hmm. uh, we can avoid uh, uh, some um, problems mm -hmm. and, uh, and develop their uh, more comfortable uh, keeping conditions for them. So can you see any other applications of this personality work in, say, zoo or sanctuary settings? Uh, sometimes they want to, uh, to move mm -hmm. uh, the individuals to the another uh, zoos, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, um, how to say that their combination of within groups mm -hmm. uh, or pair mm -hmm. making is very difficult yeah. mm -hmm. uh, in gorillas, uh, chimpanzees. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes they are uh, very uh, to, they make be very good relationship. But sometimes they are very aggressive with each other. Right. Uh, so the um, such, um, if we can uh, figure out uh, such uh, personality trait of each individuals, we can uh, combine the best uh, mm -hmm. combination. Right. That's good. Yeah. Mm. It's a very interesting genetic matching <laughs> personality trait. Yeah. Okay. So we're joined also here by a couple of Dr. Mariama's students. We have Sharif Ramadan from Egypt and Christopher Adenio from Ghana, both PhD students. Um, and we're going to hear a little bit about what they're doing here in Japan. So, Ramadan, why don't you tell us about your research? Um, I'm doing uh, genetic diversity and bone morphism within some poultry species like chicken and bison and quail. Yeah. Uh, mainly for conservation. Uh, in Egypt, some local breed, local chicken breed and bison breed, uh, the population number getting decreased because um, company and people prefer a commercial breed which produce more meat and more mm. egg so local breed uh, sometimes some local breed uh, in danger and population decrease so i try to survey um, genetic diversity and try to take uh, or uh, do a decision uh, about conservation of local breed mm -hmm. and for vision uh, also I'm interested in uh, polymorphism of functional gene related with uh, racing ability racing and homing ability so uh, I'm trying to search for any polymorphism uh, that can be used as a genetic marker for selection of high racing ability of vision okay so I collected some sample from Japanese racing vision and some non-racing vision from Egypt and survey um, one functional gene like the dehydrogenase gene and found some uh, polymorphism uh, 
so these polymorphism can be used as a genetic marker for selection of high racing ability because mm -hmm. in Japan and in Egypt and in many countries in Europe and America there is a vision racing competition or champion okay so I'm interested about this point <laughs> <laughs> so is this something in Egypt then that's uh, widely recognized then this kind of loss of the local uh, genetic diversity is it kind of a priority for research in Egypt? In Egypt, yeah. For vision uh, and chicken? Right. Mm. For, I mean, the conservation of the local varieties. Yes, yes. But uh, mainly uh, uh, people and company uh, use a commercial breed. Yeah. So mm. we need to survey the diversity of local breed. Sure. And try to conserve this because it it is uh, environmentally and ecologically adapted to uh, climate and and environmental condition of Egypt. Right. And some of them uh, is uh, have some character of disease resistant, like Fayumi breed. Yeah. Fayumi chicken breed is resistant to some disease. Yeah. So we need to conserve this breed for also for future. Uh, maybe we need this for future. Okay, and Chris, so your turn. Uh, what are you doing? Um, studying grass cutter, uh, we call it in Ghana. And uh, I'm basically developing microsatellite markers, or genetic markers to say. And, um, these markers are important for identification of individuals mm -hmm. and for studying genetic diversity of populations yeah and um, our main goal is to be able to improve the grass cutter genetically in the long term and uh, uh, so to be able to get to that main goal or that uh, final goal um, the first thing we need to do is to get genetic markers that we can use to genotype individuals mm -hmm. if we want to do any genetic um, study mm -hmm. on a grass cutter. Mm -hmm. Okay, so both of you guys are, are working on these um, very common local species, call them even uncharismatic species. So have you guys found it difficult to raise awareness or get support from your own countries for your projects? Yes, uh, it's difficult because some people don't aware about conservation of like those species, yeah. poultry and kindred or grass cutter. And the problem is uh, conservation. Some sometimes some people uh, don't aware about conservation because they they think that conservation only about the low number of population, mm. but conservation also about the breed that don't that we don't use this breed efficiently. Mm. I mean, uh, those breed is uh, used but not efficiently or completely used. So in future, the number will decrease because yeah. we don't use yeah. and don't manage. That's right. So uh, that's uh, happen. That's what happened for poultry uh, species in poultry breed in Egypt. Yeah. They don't use this breed efficiently because they use commercial breed, highly production. Yeah. So uh, that's why I want to search the genetic diversity within local breed and compare with foreign or exotic breed. Right. And how about the rats, the cane rats, grass cutters, I'm and sorry. Grass cutter, yes. Um, 
That seems yeah. like something that most people would find as a pest or... Yes, in Ghana, um, and uh, for that matter, in most parts of Africa where this species is, is, uh, is available, um, it's considered as a pest in the wild because it invades uh, croplands yeah. and eats crops and uh, um, people consider it as a pest. Um, but the, the most important thing is the domestication. I mean, even though it is a pest, mm. it is also an edible meat. Yeah. So it is very important. I mean, um, in my case, it's not the issue of conservation. I said because uh, the grass cutter is a rodent, and rodent populations are, you know, you can imagine. Um, um, so the issue is not about conservation of uh, grass cutter as such, but it is about domestication and genetic improvement. Okay, so that was some good stuff. Now, these interviews were done, we should say, a couple of years ago, so probably early in 2012. And so, as everyone knows, a lot can happen in two years. So we wanted to follow up these, these interviews with some updates. And so both of these students, Chris and Ramadan, have since graduated with their PhDs from Kyoto University, and they've returned to their respective countries and continue to do this good work there. So let's start with Chris. Um, he's back in Ghana, so Miho was able to procure a rather large grant working with Chris in the northwest of Ghana for domestication of grass cutter. So it's really a great opportunity for Chris to follow up on his research here at Kyoto, and he's still focusing on the domestication of the grass cutters and focusing on the poorer part of Ghana in the northwest. There has been a decades-long project in the south of the domestication of the grass cutters. However, in the poorer part of the region of the Northwest, um, the grass cutters are hunted through fires. And so the bushmeat trade um, not only devastates the local populations of the grass cutters, but also through these bushfires, there's a great concern for a cons- uh, for conservation of the forests. So it sounded like they're, they've got uh, the project already going up in the North. So they started a pilot study. Yeah, they started a pilot study and they selected a few farmers and the farmers are going to be given a certain amount of grass cutters as a stock, and they will also be focusing on uh, educating the local people. And he also actually plans to continue his collaboration here in Japan, and he has plans of coming back in November, I think. Yeah, it's a really uh, nice story so far. Um, So in addition to the academic work that uh, Miho has been getting involved in, there's also a really strong applied side to her work. And in this case with Ghana, you can see how it can really be for the betterment of the local communities, we hope, uh, and also integrating with researchers from the local countries as well. So we wish them all the best of luck. And as for Ramadan, so he has also uh, graduated and now he is a lecturer at Benha University in the Faculty of Veterinary Medicine. Yeah, and so Ramadan touched upon uh, that he was looking for this gene on which the polymorphism might occur, and he was able to locate it on the LDHA gene. And this finding was published in the Journal of Poultry Science, and they were able to show that in Japanese pigeons, they were able to link this gene to racing ability, and that that might have some implications for the Egyptian pigeons as well. That's right. So he was wanting to use these... um or he wanted to locate some regions of polymorphism in the genome that could be used as genetic markers for selection of racing ability in these pigeons. And so uh, he did well to get that to get that going. And so for these updates, we actually have to thank another student at uh, PRI, Cynthia Garay, who in addition uh, works with Miho in doing genetics of personality. And so 
she was friends with both Chris and Ramadan, and so she tracked them down, which was quite easy, uh, and got these these kind of updated information from them. So thanks, Cynthia. Thank you, Cynthia. And so I guess that wraps up this podcast. Sophie, how do you feel? I feel great. It's so nice to hear that um, these researchers from Kyoto are still following up on all of their work and that they're actually um, getting some great results and being able to apply the field of genetics in a real setting. So we'll be doing this podcast with you in a few years then? Yeah, let's hope so. (laughs) All right. So that wraps it up. Thanks. Thank you for listening. See you next time. You have been listening to the Primate Cast, a podcast series dedicated to the study and conservation of primates around the world. Brought to you by the Centre for International Collaboration and Advanced Studies in Primatology of the Primate Research Institute of Kyoto University. Visit us online at www.cicasp.pri.kyoto-u.ac.jp forward slash news forward slash podcasts and follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the primatecast and on Twitter at the primatecast.